Hello, 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 and welcome to Study, Apply, Thrive. I am Vita Cash, your host, and I'm also the co-pastor of Flow Church. This podcast is called Study, Apply, Thrive because we know that when we study and apply the Word of God, we can thrive in every area of life. So grab your journal, grab your Bible, grab your pen, your tea, get into a comfortable spot, and let's prepare to dive into the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Study, Apply, Thrive. I've missed you guys for the month of July. We did a 21-day journaling challenge, and I'll connect it with you for 21 days from July 1st to July 21st. And I had a wonderful time journaling. I hope you had a great time journaling. If you were not able to join that challenge, we're going to make that challenge available to you Um, through one of our online platforms, but it was a great experience just journaling with the women of God for 21 days. And so now we're back at it here in the studio doing podcasts, and I'm really excited about what God has instructed me to minister to you on today. And it's something so important, and we're going to talk about judgment, and we talk about judgment all the time, and you know my rule on judgment, just don't do it. You know, judge yourself, get in the mirror, and judge yourself, but do not judge your sister in Christ. Do not judge your sister who's not in Christ, because there are many pieces that are in play for a woman to be where she is, for a woman to be who she is. And when we judge, we're just looking at the parts that we can see. We don't see all the things that have happened in her past, all the things that may be happening in private in her life right now. So when we look at somebody and say, wow, their life is so great. I just wish I could have a slither of the success that she has. Well, praise the Lord for her success. And we thank God for that. But you don't know all the pieces that went into that. Or if you look at somebody else and say, oh, I can't believe she's still dealing with that. I can't believe she's still doing this behavior or that behavior or she's still dealing with that particular guy, or she's still working at that job or still at that income level. You don't know all the things that went into where she is right now. And so we just don't have a right to judge. And so today we're going to talk about uh, everything that's going on with COVID. And I've seen so many memes and I don't know if it's a GIF or GIF. Y'all know what I'm talking about <laughs> on social media, criticizing people for them for them slacking off with their relationship with God. And it's been things, statements such as, were you in love with the church or were you in love with God? Did you have a relationship with the church or did you have a relationship with God? Did you have a relationship with the pastor or did you have a relationship with God? Because in someone else's opinion, everybody should be serving God just like them. And there's, there have been some people, a lot of people, who haven't been able to make the connection between doing church in person and doing church online. And it's not our place to judge those people. It's definitely not our place to criticize those people. And it's not our place to condemn them and make them feel bad. Now, at Flow Church, we've been doing global campus online for the whole time we've been in existence. We're coming up on our sixth birthday as a church. And we've always had an online campus. We've always had members who were not here 
in the Maryland area where we're headquartered. We've always had people all over the country be a part of our, our membership. We've always had study groups that you could join virtually. We've always had events online. We've always had both an in-person campus that could totally function on its own. It wasn't a supplement to our person. Our I'm sorry, we've always had an online campus that could stand alone. And that online campus was not designed to be a supplement to our in-person campus. It's just a totally, uh, a complete campus in itself. Everything that you need, you can serve in ministry from that online campus. You can um, get prayer. You can be a part of study groups. You can be a part of outreaches, all that stuff. And so for us as a church, we've always had those things in place. But that was the way that God led our pastor to do things, our senior pastor. But there are other churches who didn't have that, and that's okay. But now that we're at this place of COVID where people are not free to go into their places of worship for health reasons, and I think that's wise, um, God is everywhere, and we don't have to meet at the church house in order to have a relationship with him or in order to stay in contact and in fellowship with our church members. But there are some people who are having a hard time making that transition and we cannot judge them, but it is our place to go after them. And I'm just going to use the word displaced, but you can substitute any word that you want. Anybody who's been displaced from their church community is our job to guide them into a relationship with Christ apart from being being in, pre, in going to a in-person service every week because God can still bless them. God can still heal them. God can still deliver them. He can still increase them. He can still do everything that he needs to do because he's God. And this is for some women who are members of Flow Church, but because maybe you the online campus wasn't your thing. You were used to being there every Sunday and hugging people and working and serving and being a part of praise and worship and being a part of intercessory prayer. And now you feel like uh, I might be slacking a little bit. I'm turn I'm tuning in to one of the services eight o'clock, ten o'clock, or six thirty, but I'm really not that engaged when I'm tuning in. I'm I'm doing dishes or I'm folding laundry or I'm watching the service on my phone, but I'm watching something else on television at the same time. And I want you to hear my voice saying, we're not here to condemn you. We're not here to beat you up. We're here to build you up. And for those of you who haven't missed a beat, for those of you who have just been in the presence of God every day and you get up and you have coffee and tea with the angels every morning and you haven't missed a beat, well, praise the Lord for you. But now you have a greater responsibility of going and helping your sister, of going and rescuing your sister and not judging. And I want to just lay a little bit of history of the church, specifically in the African-American community, because for many people, church has not always been about a relationship with God. And I'm going to just pause and let that sink in. That's a Selah moment. Yeah, church has not always been about a relationship with God for very many people. There are very many people who go to church and it has very little to do with the relationship with God. But if you think about our history in America as African-Americans, when there was so much discrimination during the Jim Crow era and pre-Jim Crow era, where church was the only place where you could be a leader as a person of color. It was the only place that you could be accepted as a person of color. It was the only place that you felt connected and you felt safe. And so for so many people, church was the relationship with God part was a side effect. It was like, oh yeah, we are singing about God. Yeah, we are praising God. We are hearing the word, but it was about creating a momentum for social injustice, planning uh, 
voting right meetings and planning uh, boycotts. It was about planning political things. It was about being able to feel whole in this environment where you weren't judged for the color of your skin. And that mentality, and we're not going to criticize that mentality because it was a needed survival for that time. But the church was not just about a relationship with God. And some people, praise the Lord, made it about God, but others were not able to make that connection. So church was about something else. And now we're talking about a couple decades later, where unfortunately, a lot of things haven't changed um, with our political system and things like that. And a lot of things haven't changed for some people that they love going to church and they love being in the presence of the saints and they love the fellowship and they love to serve and they love community service and they love outreach and they love serving with the children's ministry and they love helping women through women's ministry and they love ministering to men and they love all that stuff. But they see that as a separate entity from serving God, a separate entity from having a relationship with God. And now we're not even going to say that, well, they, if they really loved God, they would do it. We don't have a right to determine how somebody loves God because you know that almost every R&B and hip hop artists who gets up to accept their awards at the Grammys and things like that. What's the first thing they say? I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to thank God who and their lyrics have no reflection of a love for God. But does that mean that we can say that they don't love God? Absolutely not. We don't have the right to judge other people's relationship with the Lord. Now, we have a right to judge their fruit and we we're looking for fruit. But we're talking about right now people being displaced from the kingdom of God. And we don't want to be the people who keep them away. We want to be able to use everything that God has given us to draw people into Christ and show people how to have a relationship with God apart from having a relationship with people. And if you think about how you associate different things uh, with, with an event, like um, when I go to an amusement park, there are certain things I expect to happen. I'm there for the rides, but y'all know I'm a foodie. I'm expecting to have some funnel cake. I'm expecting to have some pizza. I'm expecting to have some kind of really sugary drink because I usually don't drink sweetened drinks. And so amusement parks to me mean that. And if I go to an amusement park and the funnel cake place is closed, I'm like, why do we come? What are we here for? You know. But the amusement park wasn't built for funnel cake. It was built for rides and games and shows and things like that. But for me, that's what that means. For me, going to the mall, I'm talking about food again. For me, going to the mall at Christmas time means Aunt Annie's pretzels. Like if I go to a mall, when I go to a new mall, I, I'm so petty. <laughs> when I go to a new mall, I look at their directory before I get there to see if do they have Aunt Annie's pretzels. And if they don't, guess what? I might not go to that mall because to me, Christmas shopping at the mall means uh, Aunt Annie's pretzel and some kind of latte. So I have one a pretzel in one hand and a latte in another, and I'm sitting and I'm people watching. I'm not even really there to shop that much. I'm there for the experience of watching other people in their hustle and bustle and having jokes about it and seeing the Christmas decorations and eating the food and drinking the drink. It's an association. And so some people, when they come to church, they have worshiped at home. They've spent time on the 
word at home. They had this personal relationship with God at home. They're coming for some other things. And then there's another group of people who come for the other things, but they have been lacking the relationship with God at home. What are you saying, Pastor Vita? I'm saying that it is our job as mature believers is our job to help make that connection for people, to go and rescue people who have been lost, to go and help them to make this connection with God apart from being at the church house. Now, if you look at Matthew chapter 18, and I'm just going to reference this so you can read it. It's verses 10 through 14. Jesus is uh, giving a parable and he's talking about the definition of a good shepherd or rather characteristics of a good shepherd, that a good shepherd can have a hundred sheep. But when he notices that one has gone astray, he will leave the 99 to go find the one. And when he finds that one, he will rejoice over that one greater than he would if the 99 had stayed. You know, so he's painting a picture that as believers and as leaders in ministry and as people who serve in women's ministry and people who who have labeled ourselves as deep and labeled ourselves as mature and labeled ourselves of all these things, we have to ask ourselves, are we passing the test of going to get people who were lost? And this is a really... Um, detailed story here, because if you think about it, he's not going after someone who was never connected. This sheep who was lost was originally connected to the flock. They were a part of the group. He had a number. He had a hundred and he noticed, wait, I had a hundred and one of the sheep is not here. And so this is not talking about someone who's never been to church or who's never served in ministry or things like that. This is talking about somebody who, for whatever reason, has strayed away from the flock. And so if you notice that your sister is not logging in for, for service or your sister is not responding to your request for prayer or when you text her or when you talk to her, there's something different in her voice. Don't judge her. Ask God what you can do to go after that one. Hey, there were a hundred of that were a part of our crew, a hundred that was a part of our tribe. I'm noticing that one of my sisters isn't here. I'm going to leave you mature sisters. Y'all got it without me. Y'all can pray and y'all can fast and y'all can do praise and worship without me. I'm going to go and spend my time looking for the lost, seeking and saving the lost is what Jesus came to do. And then he gave us a commission to do greater works than what he did. And so what I'm asking you today is use Are you using your platform? Are you using your skills? Are you using your talents to go after the lost, not to criticize them, not to judge them, not to belittle them, not to compare yourself, not to make yourself feel puffed up. Like I haven't missed a Sunday since we had COVID. I haven't missed a study group. I haven't. Okay. Well, praise the Lord for you. Hallelujah. Let's give you a hand clap. But what about those people who have been displaced? The ones that you may be secretly turning your nose at up at what have you done to reach them, to bring them back into the fold? Have you let them know that there are other ways that you can do ministry outside of being at the church house? Because guess what? They aren't necessarily immature. They are not selfish. They they don't have a lack of love for God. But for some people, it's just so different not going to the church house that they need someone to lovingly tell them there is another way that you can experience God. There's another way that you can do this. There's another way to build your relationship with the church. And I'm your sister in Christ. And I'm going to help you walk through this process. I want to see you more connected with God now than you were when you were going to a physical church every Sunday. 
And I'm here to walk you through that process. So I want you to take off your judgmental hats. I want you to take all the other stuff off and just learn how to be transparent with your sister. And one of the ways is going to empower you to do that is not to develop a script, is not to develop a list of do's and don'ts, is not, but for you to go back and remember why you became a believer. Now, if you're like me, I, you guys have heard this before, you'll hear it a thousand times. I'm a church girl. I was, a, I was a church baby. I was a church girl. And now I'm a grown woman who I call myself a word woman. You know, I, I love the word of God. I live the word of God. That's something that I was just born into it. I've never struggled with, um, now, I have struggled with not being faithful to God. I'm not painting a picture of me being perfect. I, I have made so many mistakes. I tell my children all the time, I've made more mistakes than the two of you put together. That, that's not what I'm saying. But I, what I, the point that I am making is that going to church has never been a challenge for me. I don't know anything different. You know, outside of being ill or having babies, I can't tell you the last time I missed a church service on a Sunday because that's just how I was raised. It doesn't make me better. It just makes me different. You know, so that hasn't been a struggle for me. But for some women and for some people in general, that has been a a struggle. So what do you do to to help them get over that? What, What do you do? Because just because you have won that battle and you're at the place that you never miss a service, that doesn't exempt you from still reaching out to other people. So you have to go back to, why did I start doing this to begin with? What made me fall in love with God? Was it because my grandmother took me to church? Was it because my mom took me to church? Was it because somebody made me? Was it because I wanted to go to Sunday school and get a piece of candy? Was it because of that? Or, and I hope that your answer is after the or, I had an experience with God that showed me who he was and who I was to him. I had a moment with God that changed my life. I've seen God bless me. I've seen God change me. I've seen God heal me. I've experienced God's power in my life. I want you to identify what your story is and what got you from being, oh, I kind of sometimes go to church to being a regular church goer. And then to take it a step further, oh, Oh, I sometimes pray to being having a regular prayer life. Oh, I sometimes fast to having a regular fasting life. Oh, I sometimes worship to having a daily worship habit or wherever you are on that spectrum. What got you to the point of where you are right now? I want you to write that down. I want you to take out your journal. Wait, you can wait till I finish with the podcast or you can pause it if you want to. But I want you to develop your story. And I want that story to be something where you're telling yourself the truth that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that you saw a great vision and the Venetian blinds were, were rattling and the couch was shaking and you were trembling with fear because you knew you were in the presence of God. It could be the doctor gave you a bad report and you said, Lord, help me under my under your voice. And then when you went back, the report was different. Everything doesn't have to be super spiritual. Everything doesn't have to be spiritual spooky. Everything doesn't have to be that. But what is it that made you fall in love with God enough that now that we're doing social distancing and we're not meeting in person, what is it that's keeping you connected, even at the level of your connection? Well, Pastor Vita, I'm not as connected as I want to be. Okay, but the amount of connection that you have, if you're listening to this, you're connected. So what is it that drove you to even listen to this? What is it that's keeping you connected? And I want to challenge you to develop a narrative that you can transparently share with your sister. And what you're not going to do, y'all hear me, what we're not going to do, 
do is go to somebody and say, look, you a slacker. You're not doing, you know, you could do better for God. This is what you need to do because this is what I did. No, you're sharing your experience and your passion for God, but you're not using it to make somebody else feel bad. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, Pastor Fia, I really just don't remember. I've been doing this for so long. I can't pinpoint exactly what made me do it. I I just, I honestly don't know. And I appreciate your honesty and that's fine. So if that's the case, I want you to begin to search the scriptures for promises of God that you know you've had a personal experience with. Um, with an easy one, by his stripes, we are all healed. Everybody has a testimony of healing and it doesn't have to be healing from a more difficult situation such as cancer or leukemia. It can be God healed you from the flu. It can be that God healed your broken leg. It can be that God took care of your baby's ear infection. It can be that God um, allowed your baby to not be colicky anymore. It could be that God, you know, just Find the promise and hope, build a true narrative around that promise. Um, it can be from Second Colossians. Uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive sins and heal their land. You can talk about how God healed your land, the land of your marriage, the land of your business, the land of your finances, whatever it is that God came in and changed the situation around. I want you to build a true narrative around that, that you can use it as bait to draw your sister back into the fold. It could be that God gave you a a life partner that is perfect for you, that you thought you would never find somebody to do life with. And now God has put somebody in your life who is so amazing. And you guys are serving and worshiping and praying and fasting together. And that's when you knew, oh, God is so real. It could be when you finished your degree. It could be when you finished that one math class. It could be when you bought your first house. It could be when you thought that you were all alone, but you felt the tangible presence of God for the first time. It could be anything, but I want you to connect with the promises of God. I want you to spend time this week just studying the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs. It's so full of the promises of God and all that God wants to do with you. And I need you to find your story. I need you to find your connecting point. And we're not even talking about you sharing your story just yet. Just can you define it? Can, can you define a transparent, true, genuine, authentic connection point with I didn't have God and then this happened and I did. I didn't know God in this particular area and this happened and I did. And for some of you, it's going to be, I was able to find my voice. I was able to build my self-esteem. I was able to build confidence. I was able to be a public speaker. I used to be terrified of public speaking and now I do public speaking. I was able to start my own business. I was able to find a craft that I really like. And I'm not talking about a craft like being a plumber or being a car. I mean, like you found painting. Like you like to to go do painting. Um, You like to sew. You like to, you know, you found something and you know that God brought that to you to help you with your anxiety or to help, you know, whatever it is, I want you to do that. And now if you would turn to Psalms 92, this is so good to me. This is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite scriptures. Psalms 92, 
And this is a book of promises. And again, the whole book of Psalms is a book of promises. Each chapter has promises. And I want you just to go through, flip through the pages and find the promises. Because again, we're going to build this. We're going to do this series for a couple of weeks because I want you to be so empowered to go after that one. You can leave the 99. The 99 have each other. They're going to be okay. But just think about that one sister that you have who's doing life by herself because she's drifted away from, from, from the tribe. She's drifted away from the, from the flock. And she's not necessarily alone, but she's not around other people of like precious faith who can speak life over her, who can encourage her to continue in the things of God, who can remind her of God's favor on her life, who can remind her of God's blessing, who can tell her and remind her, remember, sis, there's a life and death and the power of your tongue. If something's going on in your job, open up your mouth and speak life over it. Open up your life and open up your mouth and declare what God has said. You don't want to think about your sister not having someone else to be that in her ear. You don't want to think about anybody in the body of Christ doing this alone. And if you're a member of Flow Church, you know what we always say. At Flow Church, you never fight a battle alone. It doesn't matter what you're going through. If you let your study group know, if you call into the morning prayer at 6 a.m. every day and let them know what's going on, you'll get text messages. You'll have people show up at your house. You'll get food deliveries. You'll have... Um, there's a testimony of a of one of the members who is here in Maryland. Her children were traveling from a different state. They had car trouble. And one of the members in that state, this is why it's such a blessing to have a church that's national. We have members all over the country. One of the members in that state heard her talk about it on the morning prayer call, reached out to her and said, hey, I'm going to be a blessing to your children. And while they're here getting their car taken care of, I'm going to pay for their hotel stay. You know, now these children may they not know this woman who lives in their same state, but now they know that the prayers of their mother avail of much. And because their mother is a praying woman and because their mother is connected with a group of people who serve God together, that some woman in another state that they don't know paid for them to stay in a hotel. So you never have to fight alone. So I want you to think about that sister that you love so much or that cousin or that coworker, or just anybody who you see who has strayed away. They used to be a part of the 99. They used to be a part of the 100, excuse me. And now it's they've strayed away and nobody's coming after them. I want you to think about how that makes them feel. I want you to think about how that may affect their worth. You know, I was a part of that church all this time. And, you know, because you could think, well, if you really love God, you would have never left. We're not chasing after you. You know, you should have stayed here. It's easy for us to put the blame on someone else. But you have to know the full story of what they're going through or what may be causing that. And again, you have been going to church your whole life because you simply love God. But for other people, it may have been something else that was keeping them there. But because they were once there, we have an assignment to go after them. We have an assignment to go after anyone who's been to place. We have an, a displaced. We have an assignment to go after the one and allow the 99 to take care of themselves for a minute. So I want you to find the promises of God, find ways that God has blessed you, find things, scriptures that have spoken to you. And I want you to begin to build an arsenal of things that you can say to people other than girl, get over it. Girl, you know you wrong. Girl, you know he's not the one. Girl, you know you need to do better. They already know that. Newsflash, they already know that. And your reminder, especially if it's sarcastic or belittling, is not going to push them back into the arms of Jesus. But when you go and you read Psalms 92 to them, and it says, 
I'm starting at verse 12. It says, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedars in Lebanon. I'm reading the English Standard Version. Verse 12, verse 13 says, they are planted in the house of God. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age, and they are even full of sap and green to declare the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. So look at what happens to these people. They flourish, they grow, they thrive. (laughs) So when you go to your sister and say, honey, I know what it's like. I've had my own situations. I've had my own circumstances. But one thing I know about when I stay connected to God, according to Psalms 92, that I will flourish I will grow and I will thrive simply because I say connected to the flock. And she might say, yeah, but it's not the same because we're not going to church and it's not the same because of this, because of that. And you can say, yeah, I know. Some, sometimes it feels different. Sometimes I know, but let me just give you this promise of God. Don't you want to flourish? Don't you want to thrive? Don't you want to grow? Don't you want to bear fruit? And you begin to give her your testimony of how God has done that in your life. Now, I'm going to read the same passage, but I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. Um, let me see. Um, start at verse 14. It says, growing in grace, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. They will flourish and be vital and fresh rich in trust and love and contentment. They are living memorials to declare that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Man, that makes me want to run to the service, doesn't it? I mean, that sounds so good. And so you're not giving her your opinion. You're giving her the promises that have kept you, the promises that have anchored you, the promises that have fed your spirit, the promises that have rocked you to sleep when you had anxiety. You're giving her the promises of God and using it to draw her back into the flock, using it to draw her back into the arms of Jesus. We're not going to sit by and let people be displaced. That's not who we are, and that's not what we're going to do. We're going to believe God that we can use our testimony, and we can use our word, and we can use the words of God, that all the promises of God to draw somebody else into the kingdom. Now, I want you to, in your prayer time, ask God to show you who he wants you to reach. We all have assignments to reach certain people. And then ask him what promises are going to be exciting to that sister in Christ. What is it that she needs to hear? What is it that she's going through? What What's blocking her? Is she feeling like she's not important because nobody's seeing her? Is she feeling uh, like she... She hasn't had a physical touch in a while. Like, what is going on with her, God? Show me in your word what I can say to her. Show me in your word how I can draw her. And so our goal for the rest of the summer as a women's ministry is to go and gather up our displaced sisters, is to go and gather up women who are hurting, women who are frustrated, women who are distracted by a bad relationship, women who are just going through whatever, And we're not going to judge them. We're not going to condemn them. We're not going to belittle them. We're going to remember when we were there, because we all have a story when we were there. Let's be real. We all have a story of us being in a place that wasn't the best place for us. And we're going to use the promises of God and our testimony to draw them back. We're not going to... 
be aggressive with them. We're not going to yank them, you know, even though the Bible says some you win through prayer and some you snatch them out the fire. That's in the book of Jude. We want to lovingly bring them back into the fold because they're worth it. Everybody is worth it. Nobody's a lost cause. Everybody is worth it. And we want you going after them. So here's your assignment. I'm giving you a journal assignment. I want you to write your story. And it doesn't have to be back in the beginning. Like if you like me, you've been saved since you came out the womb, even though I officially confessed with my mouth and believe in my heart when I was 12, because in the church that I, I attended at the time, you had to wait until you were 12 to make your official declaration for Christ. So you don't have to go back to when you were 12 or go back to when you were 10 or when you were 16. Just go back to the last thing God did for you. <laughs> I mean, just go back to the last thing. You know, how did God help you with anxiety? How did God help you with depression? How did God help you with stress? How did, How is he helping you with time management? What was the ram on the bush that God sent to give you an hour break from being on duty all the time. You know, one of the things that's happening during COVID is that we feel women feel like we, until we go to sleep, we're on duty. So we have 16 hour days with no break unless we schedule them in. You know, what was something that God did to break that off of your life that gave you wisdom on how to schedule your time better or sent somebody to help you? You know, what was the last thing that God did? I want you to write it down. I want you to write it down. I want you to write down every detail of it because you're going to use that testimony to then draw one of your sisters who's been displaced, one of your sisters who's been lost. I want you to go through the book of Psalms and find promises that you've had an experience with. What has God done? I'd like Psalms 23. It says that he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. That is so good that when I'm feeling tired, when I'm feeling burnt out, when I'm feeling like I can't do another thing. And look, I'm going to, y'all know I'm always transparent. Sometimes <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. Sometimes I'm hiding in my closet because not, I know my kids not going to go look in the closet. They're going to go everywhere. They're going to stick their head in my door in my bedroom. If they don't see me, they're going to go to the sitting room. If they don't see me, oh, I don't know where mommy is. Sometimes I'm sitting in my closet with headphones on, listening to an audio book, looking at television just so they won't find me. <laughs> I know y'all judge me later, but I'm just telling you what I'm doing, you know, because when you feel like you're on duty all of the time, you have to find a way to take a break. And now I thank God for this closet. I thank God. (laughs) I know y'all. I'm so silly, but I want you to find the last thing that God did for you. You know, what, what is God doing? So then when you reach out, to that sister and you're not waiting for her to reach out to you. You're not reaching out to her saying, where you been? What you been doing? I know you're not doing things right. What's going on? No. You reach out to her and say, I was missing you. I love you. I miss you. Girl, let me tell you what God did for me. And then you share that testimony. You start out with love, you end with love, and you sandwich it in the middle with God. This is what God did. This is what God's word says. It's really not about you. It's about you winning her back into the fold because she was a part of our flock. She was a part of our tribe. And so you're going to take out your journal and you're going to write and you're going to write your testimony. You're going to just think about it. And if you say, Pastor Vita, I have no idea what God has done for me, then this exercise really starts with you because God is always moving. He's always working. He's always doing something. He's always putting things in front of us as an opportunity for growth and an opportunity for development. So this will give you a chance to reconnect with what God is doing in your life. What has God done for me lately? Then I want you to find promises in the book of Psalms and attach it to that. And then ask 
ask God to open up an opportunity for you to share it with one of your sisters who you haven't seen at church in a while. And by seeing, I mean, you haven't seen her in the chat online. You haven't seen her in study group. You haven't seen her at women's ministry. You haven't seen her at marriage ministry. At Flow Church, we got a lot of ways to connect. You know, you haven't seen her. You haven't heard from her. She hasn't responded to your text messages or what have you. I want you to ask God to give you an opportunity to connect with her in that way. And so spend some time journaling, spend some time praying specifically about your displaced sister, because we are a group of people who go after the go after the one. We can leave the 99 to go after the one because they're worth it, because they're valuable to God. That means they're valuable to us. We're not going to judge. We're not going to condemn. We're not going to compare. We're going to lovingly draw them back into the kingdom. But I pray that this blessed you. Um, it blesses me every time I get to spend this time with you. I want you to, if you don't already have a journal, if you weren't a part of the journal challenge, if you would just commit to blessing yourself with a really good journal, because we're going to be doing a lot of journaling for the rest of the year, because there are some things that God can work out in you through the process of putting it on paper, just the the connection of the paper to the pen, to your mind, to your thinking, and allowing Holy Spirit to talk to you. There are some things that you can work out. There are some things you can process. There's some stresses that you can release. Sometimes seeing some things on paper is like hearing something out loud. Have you ever had an idea and you said, this is a good idea. And then when you started sharing that, that idea with somebody else and you actually hear yourself say it out loud, you're just like, oh, that maybe isn't a good idea. That's not what I was thinking. Journaling does the same thing, but the only audience is you and God. And so it was very good for you to journal. Um, so I want you to do that because we're going to be doing a lot of this. I love you guys so very much. We're going to start doing podcasts once a week. So I will hear you guys. Well, I won't hear you. You'll hear me next week. I want you to subscribe. If you're listening to this and you've never subscribed, I want you to subscribe and I want you to share it with someone because we have to keep going after all those little ones. You know, the, the 99 is going to be fine. We want to go after all those ones because God wants us to do that. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. We'll be back here again next week. Continue to remember to continue to study the word and apply the word so you can thrive in every area of life. You can go to flow-church.org to learn about our many services that we have, to join a study group, to find out about prayer. We have the women's conference coming up in October. I'm so excited. I can't wait to release the information about that. It's going to be really good. It's going to be totally virtual, but it's going to be really, really good. Have a fantastic week. Remember that God loves you and we love you and that you never have to fight a battle alone. And at Flow Church, we are helping people to follow Christ, to love others, and to work on themselves. Have a great day, ladies.